These intense feelings sliced through my heart so quickly and violently that I found it difficult to manage this unknown cocktail of emotions. Hey there! If you believe in God and aren't really sure what to do with that belief, or if you personally know Jesus and want a deeper relationship with Him, then this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Middleton, and welcome to the BookCast. Welcome back, friends. If you've been with us the whole time, I'm so grateful that you're sticking it out till the end. And if someone shared this specific chapter with you, I'm so glad that you're joining us today because we get to talk about one of my favorite things, work. I know that sounds crazy, but having an occupation, being creative, and doing things is part of our lives, and I for one enjoy work, sometimes almost too much. Some would call me a workaholic, and that is what we get to talk about today. I want to share with you how I have found my identity in what I do instead of who I am in Christ. I hope that you can relate to some of the feelings and perspectives I share in this chapter, and I hope that it helps you discover who you truly are in Jesus. I hope it helps you discover the truest thing. From my personal prayer journal, dated September the 8th, 2016. I am not a Disney princess, nor a witch or a wizard, nor a hobbit, elf, or dwarf. I am not a fairy, nor a unicorn, nor a mermaid. I am not a Jedi, nor a superhero, nor a time lord or mad scientist. No, I am something far greater. I am a child of the actual creator of the universe, and he knows my name. Chapter 8 What do you want to be when you grow up? It was a good thing I wasn't driving. The tears that now smeared my vision and stung my eyes were not there a moment ago. I was thankful to not have to worry about traffic or lane position while also trying to feel and process the powerful emotions that engulfed my heart. This unexpected surge of nostalgia, loss, and uncertainty blindsided me and left me sitting dazed in the passenger seat. One minute, I happily chattered away about the future. The next, I was reduced to a puddle of tears. My poor husband sat beside me with absolutely no clue as to what was happening. These intense feelings sliced through my heart so quickly and violently that I found it difficult to manage this unknown cocktail of emotions. Putting voice to the lump in my throat and allowing my heart to feel each emotion made the pain feel more present and yet brought a sense of order and relief. Tears poured down my face as the realization hit me. I was walking away from a career that I loved. I would no longer focus on relationships with kids that I had seen grow up. I wouldn't get to baptize the children who turned their hearts to the Lord and I would no longer play an important role in the faith walk of the children who grew up in our church. Everything seemed to be changing, and it felt like a part of me was dying. Ever since I can remember, I've worked with kids. Ever since my first job helping with a preschool ballet class when I was 10 years old, little kids have always been part of what I did. I've always been Miss Rachel. Some of the fondest childhood memories that I can remember 
are of helping my mom volunteer in various kids' ministries. Ever since then, I've felt comfortable and at home while hanging out with children. But as my husband drove us down the cornfield-lined highway, it felt like all of that was coming to an end. I would no longer be Miss Rachel. The emotions that collided once that thought tore through my mind hit me with such a weight I could barely breathe. I wasn't going to work with kids anymore. I was leaving that part of me behind. That identity I held on to for so long was no longer part of me. God had other plans for my life, ones that didn't include being Miss Rachel, and it was time to move on. It was time to let go of that part of who I had been. Pulling the seat belt away from my neck in an attempt to breathe, I tried wrapping my head around this new reality. The fact that I was changing career fields entirely hadn't occurred to me yet, but all the comfort and familiarity of what I had known for years was now an indistinct blob of the unknown, ill-defined and ominous. Leaving the safety of the job I loved and moving on into the wild, unknown world of a different calling carried a weight that I didn't expect. While driving past familiar small towns that neighbored our own, I tried to mumble to my husband what this shift felt like to my heart, but I couldn't do much more than sob. It was in this moment that the Holy Spirit gently nudged my heart and showed me that I had put a portion of my identity in what I do, in my work. On some unconscious level, I had placed a part of how I saw myself in being a leader for kids' ministry. Now I can see how it had affected my heart and how that is where most of the hurt came from. The hurt came because I had placed my identity in my job. Sometimes I don't realize how much of my identity I surrender to other things, until God challenges me to lay it down. It was on this drive home that I felt the throb of my heart as God gently showed me how much of my identity I had placed in my career. I realized that I had to lay this part of myself down and find my identity in Christ on a new level. I had been Miss Rachel for a long time, but not anymore. That car ride started a new chapter in my life. While I could see God working in that season of my life and ministry, this change still scared me. Deep questions flooded my head and stirred this pain. What new image do I have to mold into so I can be successful? Would I still feel like myself in this new career? Now that I would no longer be working with children, what was my life going to look like? All of these questions ran through my mind, and I had no answer for them. But looking back now, it no longer surprises me. Even as a kid, I struggled with answering questions about my career, especially the main question every grade school kid is asked. What do you want to be when you grow up? The question. I didn't always know that I wanted to work with kids and I didn't always know that I wanted to be a children's minister. When I was a kid, I struggled to answer the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think I struggled to answer because I felt like I could have been anything and be successful. My answer to that question ranged from being a teacher to a veterinarian 
to a massage therapist, a biologist, an architect, a nurse, and almost anything in between. The problem was that I could see myself being anything and feeling happy. So by the time I got to high school, I struggled to figure out what occupation and career path I wanted to have. High school brought so many of these talks about future careers, and for me, it felt like I wasn't just picking a job, but I was picking what identity I wanted. The question itself denotes a certain level of this understanding. What do you want to be when you grow up? The question itself asks about our being, our identity, as if what we do for a job is the most important thing about us. As a kid, I wanted to figure out what identity I should have. Did I want a career based on my intellect or people skills? Did I want to join a business that was already established or do something on my own? What did I want myself to look like to the outside world? I felt like I could do anything, but what did I want to be? That is why I struggled so much with this question. I felt pressure to figure it out and pick an identity while I sought for myself in the different career options. It took me a while, but I eventually heard from God what I was supposed to be. In fact, the first time I heard God's voice whisper to my heart was a direction for my career. His voice. The first time I heard God's voice happened while at a youth conference in high school. After a particularly powerful teaching and during a time of worship where thousands of teenagers cried out to God, he spoke to me. In an almost audible whisper, two words broke through the blaring worship set. Children's ministry. My heart leapt when I heard those words. I knew in my heart that it was my career path. God even confirmed this word later that same evening. After I shared with my youth group about hearing the words children's ministry, my youth leader told the group about a conversation he had only two days earlier. Apparently, during the three-hour car ride to this youth conference, the group of teens piled in his car talked about careers in ministry. My youth leader added to that conversation by telling the people in his car that if Rachel decides to go into ministry, she'd be an awesome children's minister. When I heard my youth leader say this, I burst into tears. It was the confirmation I needed. I knew that I had heard from God. I knew what he wanted me to do. I knew what I was going to be. That youth conference changed me. I could feel it in the way I held myself as I walked into school that fall. I had a new confidence about me. I still felt like me, but I was surprised to see how different me could feel. It felt like now I knew who I was. I knew where I was going. And I knew what I was supposed to do with my life. I knew that I had gotten a glimpse of what I was going to be. I was going to be a children's minister. So, if anyone had a reason to find their identity in work, I felt like I was entitled to that. I had been Miss Rachel and worked with kids since age 10, and I had heard from God specifically that I was supposed to be a children's minister. I went to college for children and family ministry and worked with kids from then on. I felt like I was making a difference while working for the Lord. 
wasn't it right for me to see myself through the lens of being a children's minister? But just as my career as a children's minister started with a conversation in the car, it ended with one too. I realized that my days as a children's minister were coming to a close in that car ride home with my husband. As I faced this career change, I saw how much of my identity I had placed in being Miss Rachel. God didn't want my identity in anything other than Him, and I could see how, for so many years, I had placed my identity in my career. Now that I faced surrendering that career that I loved, I could also see how important it was to put my identity in Jesus alone. Perhaps this is why my emotions hit so hard. My head swam in memories of being called Miss Rachel. Children's faces flashed in my mind as I tried to feel thankful, but also process the sting of sadness of not baptizing another kid. I was also brought back to the first time when I heard God speak to me specifically. He told me children's ministry. If I changed careers, would I be going against his will? Would I still be the same person? Career change. This career change was the gentlest one I could have asked for. God wasn't asking us to move or leave our church home. He didn't ask us to forsake the people we love. I was just moved into a different position in ministry. In all honesty, this career change was a promotion, but to me, the ramifications this held in my heart felt deeper and more personal. I had somehow equated part of my identity with ministry. I felt like what I did was linked to who I was. Now, I am so thankful that Father God was so gracious and gentle with me in this area of my identity and refining process. I imagine that if I had lost my job suddenly, I would have collapsed emotionally. I can only imagine how my emotional and spiritual life would have been impacted because I had put some of my identity in my work. But transitioning into a new role in our home church was the kindest thing God could have done to show me this misplacement of my identity. With this transition, God showed me how I had become dependent on my job for my identity rather than placing my identity in Him. I suddenly found myself asking deep questions like, Who am I if I'm not Miss Rachel? And what is my purpose? I hadn't realized how much of my identity was wrapped up in my job. But this is where I realized that my identity is deeply connected to my sense of purpose. For years, I had found purpose in bringing kids to Jesus. But now that it had all changed, I had to find a way to reconcile my identity and purpose apart from my job title. My Purpose I believe that purpose is vital to how we see ourselves and how we see our identity. Purpose gets down to the reason that we are created, our reason for existing. While identity seeks to answer the question, who am I? I see purpose boiling down to the question, why am I here? Both extremely big questions that I imagine every person wrestles with at some point in their lives. Identity and purpose play off of each other in that if you know the answer to one of those questions, you have a clue as to what the answer to the other one is. Identity and purpose are linked. They intermingle and go hand in hand. Purpose almost follows identity. If we know who we are, 
then we oftentimes know why we are here. For me, I didn't naturally see this correlation, but it was only when I discovered that my identity was shaken when my purpose changed that I realized how deep this connection goes. It was not that I intentionally placed my identity and purpose in my career, but as per usual, the misalignment crept in slowly over time. Originally, I didn't set out to be my job, but it snuck into my heart through misguided intentions and a sense of doing something for God. What better purpose could there be than to be introducing young hearts to Jesus? I loved seeing kids surrender their lives to Him, and I loved watching the Holy Spirit encounter them in real ways. I felt like I had a purpose in these moments and all the other moments that came with building a kids' ministry. It felt like I was doing what I was made for. I thought I had found my purpose. But it was in that car ride through familiar fields just starting to sprout that I realized my identity doesn't come from children's ministry. Therefore, it cannot be my purpose either. This search for purpose is vital to who we are as human beings, and I found it to be a large part of my identity journey. I commonly look for my purpose in what I do because there is just something special about doing, making, and creating that brings a sense of accomplishment and direction that is not easily rivaled. I believe this is because we were made in the image of God, and since God is the ultimate creator and craftsman, wouldn't it follow that we are designed to be that as well? While we are designed to create and work, that is ultimately not our core purpose. That's not why God made us. It's not like God created the world and then realized he needed someone to take care of it. God didn't create Adam and Eve because he needed gardeners. No, God created them because he wanted to shower his love on them and be loved by them in return. God created humans because he wanted children, not employees. So while work is a gift from God and part of God's perfect plan, it should not be confused with our purpose. If God's ultimate purpose for creating us is not work, then why do we often adopt this idea that our purpose is tied to what we do? I believe it boils down to that link between purpose and identity. So often I try to find my identity in what I do instead of who I am. Therefore, I see my purpose as linked to what I do as well. God created me to be his child and to be loved, not just an employee to do what he needs me to do. Ultimately, if God wanted to run the entire world by himself, he could. Think of it this way. Imagine a grandmother in the kitchen. Just as an expert baker of a grandmother is perfectly capable of baking cookies all by herself, I think God is perfectly capable of upholding his entire creation without us humans. But instead, God lovingly asks us to join him in working, creating, and doing. He hands us the spoon and asks us to stir in the flour, adding our effort to his. Not because he needs the help, but because he delights more in seeing us participate and help in the process of creating than if he were just to do it himself. Even in work, we see this hint that our ultimate purpose is for him to delight in us. Our purpose is simply to love and be loved by God. 
I'm convinced that God would do a much better job running the world than we have done. We make mistakes. We spill flour and egg all over the floor. And we have made a big mess. But just as my grandmother's answering machine used to say, God created us for his delight. He allows us to help him in the creative process. That's why God created us. That is our purpose, to love and be loved by God, not just to work for him. Our purpose is not tied to our work, but it's tied to the simple fact that we are his beloved children. I think this idea is beautifully shown in 1 Thessalonians 5, where God's will for us and our ultimate purpose is clearly defined and laid out plainly. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.16-18 God's will for us is that we talk to Him, thank Him, and rejoice in what He's done. That is God's will and purpose for our lives. Nothing tied to our work, just our relationship with Him. Our purpose is hidden in Him. For me personally, it is so easy to forget this. I often forget about this verse and get lost in the doing part of God's will for me. I tend to assume that God's will for my life and my purpose are tied to what He wants me to do. But as I continue in my identity journey, I see more and more that who I am and what I was created for is not tied to my job. Instead, who I am and what I was created for is tied to the person of Jesus and what he already did. Don't get me wrong, by no means am I trying to undermine the beauty of serving or creating with God, and I'm not advocating a life devoid of direction and effort. I'm just pointing out that work is designed to come from the overflow of a fulfilling relationship with God. While it's important, work should not be the source of our purpose and identity. That is solely reserved for Jesus. When we live out of this space of work coming from the overflow of our identity in Christ, we find our purpose in who He is, not what we do. Our relationship with Christ becomes the basis for who we are. When that happens, we settle into a rhythm of work and rest because we are able to just be with God instead of feeling the need to always do. Rest and Trust A blessing that comes from living out of our identity in Christ instead of our identity in work is rest. Rest is promoted in both the Old and New Testaments as part of God's plan for creation. In biblical times, rest looked like taking a whole day each week and dedicating it to the Lord by not working. I believe that the concept of rest wasn't meant to simply add to the rules, but was meant to draw our hearts back to God by trusting Him instead of trusting in wealth, strength, or our own self. God established this rhythm of creating and then resting from the beginning of time. In the creation story, God rested from his work of making the entire universe. I cannot imagine a more important and purposeful job, and yet God rested from his work. So my question to us is this. 
If the creator of everything, who is infinite and doesn't grow tired, rested, what makes us assume that we, mere humans, finite and fragile, can push through without rest? I think this comes down to a sense of finding our identity in our work and trusting in our own effort. For me, if I continue to operate and work at breakneck speeds and refuse to take a rest day, I begin to ask myself, who am I when I'm not working? I forget what I like to do other than what's on my to-do list. When I lean more into my identity in my work, I don't feel freedom and joy to rest, but instead feel fatigued and as if I'm not enough. This running as fast as I can, this striving for love and self-worth, brings on a sense that I could never do enough. This striving breeds in my heart the question, what if I could never be worthy enough for love? It's in this headspace where our Heavenly Father graciously invites me to slow down and trust His love, the kind of love that has no strings attached. That is what rest truly is. Trust. Trust that our worth and identity is not in our job, but in who we are in Jesus. We trust that we have worth because of his love and sacrifice, not because of our actions. Trust almost activates rest when we discover that our title, child of God, makes us worth the same on our day off than it is on our most productive day. Rest is also an invitation to trust that God is truly the one upholding all of creation and not us. When we rest in Him and trust God enough to take a day off, we are saying that we trust God to handle the whole day without our help. I see rest as an invitation to remember that we are not what we do, but we simply are loved by God. When I ignore the blessing of rest and choose instead to just keep going, it's easy for me to get lost in my work. And when I say I get lost in my work, I truly mean it. I lose myself. I lose my identity to what I do and forget that God is the one who defines me, not my checklist. When I lose my identity to my work, I begin to trust in my own strength. I trust in my own abilities. And I trust in my own definition of enough. And I have discovered that in terms of being enough, I am a much harsher judge than the blood of Jesus. When we are in a healthy mind space, we crave to feel useful and productive, and our work naturally flows out of the security of who we are. When that happens, work is truly a blessing. However, my heart finds it difficult to view work and rest in this healthy way. I tend to hold on to my work as part of my identity and slip into an unhealthy mindset easily. When I feel my worth tied to what I do, and I trust my own effort instead of trusting that Jesus' work was enough, that's when I feel burdened by the weight of my calling, and I am not able to see it as the gift it truly is. This happened to me recently. In the transition from kids' ministry to office manager for our church, I got lost in my own striving. Overwhelmed by the career change, the seemingly endless to-do lists, and the fast pace of that particular ministry season, I felt like I couldn't rest. 
I felt like it was up to me to keep several balls rolling, and by the time three weeks had passed, I was staying late, working on weekends, and trying to make sure that I didn't miss anything. I felt unable to rest because I trusted in myself instead of trusting in God. I lost myself in the transition from being a big fish in a little pond to a small fish in a rushing river. Small fish, big rushing river. There's an old saying, someone can either be a big fish in a small pond, or they can be a small fish in a big pond. This saying most often refers to a person's career in that they can be a highly important and prominent in a small realm of influence, or that same person could be part of a larger group of people and get more easily lost in the larger sea of voices in a big company or role. I feel like I now have a good taste of how disorienting it would be for the fish to be dumped into a different pond in the first place. Those terrifying few weeks that it took me to regain my bearings and know which way was up knocked me off center. It tugged at my identity and who I was. Because our church had several big events right as I transitioned into office manager, I felt as if I not just had been dumped into a larger pond, but a rushing river. Our church had a direction and was going somewhere. And while that excitement and direction felt electrifying and exhilarating, it also left me gasping for air much longer than I thought possible. I knew going into my new position that I would have more responsibility. I simply underestimated the busyness of the season of ministry that our church was in. It was in this time that I had to keep going back to my identity. I tried so hard to remember that I am a productive, high-capacity individual, but it often didn't feel true. I tried to remember that I am an organized and efficient person, but in the unknown world of a new career, that didn't feel true either. I felt like all I could do was just hold my breath till I could figure out which way was up and get used to this new flow of the rushing river. It was in these first few months of transition that I felt the gentle reminder of the Holy Spirit tell me that I still place some of my identity in my work. He revealed to me that I still feel the pull to find my identity somewhere buried in the endless checklists. My refusal to rest in him and the emotional drain that the transition had on me were indicators enough to show me that I still see myself through the lens of my output at work. This just might be a lifelong battle for me, one I wage war against till I see Jesus face to face. But I know that there is grace enough for me, and God will patiently continue to show me how to find my identity in Him rather than my work. When I focus and ground myself in who Christ is instead of what I do, that's when I'm able to do my best work. And it's out of that place when God gets the most glory for it. Soli Deo Gloria For about a year, I've wanted to get another tattoo. But because of COVID restrictions and random household expenses, I've held off on scheduling an appointment with my tattooist. The idea for my next tattoo is to have the Latin phrase, Soli Deo Gloria, inked into the inside of my right wrist. Complete with watercolor swirls behind the text, 
I've drawn this on my wrist a few times to ensure my fondness for this tattoo, and I love it each time. I love it because of what it would mean to me. Translated into English, Soli Deo Gloria means glory to God alone. I just love that. Glory to God alone. Since I first thought up the idea for this tattoo, I knew that its place would be on my right wrist because that is my dominant hand, my doing hand. Every time I would see it, I would be reminded that everything I do is for the glory of God. Soli Deo Gloria. When simplifying our life's work, this is really what it boils down to. Does it glorify God? From the inside of our hearts to the outer works of our hands, does our work glorify God? If the answer to this question isn't an honest and complete yes, then might I suggest we are leaning a little too hard into our work for our identity. It doesn't matter if we work in ministry, in the public workforce, or at home raising children. Our full-time job should be glorifying our Father in heaven. But glorifying God isn't only about doing what He says. Yes, obedience is vital, but if it's not accompanied with our whole heart attached to it, then we've missed the true joy found in working for the Lord. When we work from the place of security of who we are in Him, that is when we bring our whole heart into the work realm and truly bring glory to the Father God. God himself can call us into a specific career field or occupation, but when we get caught up in finding our identity in the doing part of that calling, then our motives become skewed. Our actions flow out of our hearts, and if we find our identity in work first, then from the overflow of that comes a sense of trying to earn a place for ourselves, or worse, a sense of entitlement. Neither of these motives glorify God. I observe that it's out of this space of finding identity in work where we get unhealthy pastors and church staff who are obsessed with their work instead of being obsessed with who God is and their relationship with Him. In my short ministry experience, I've seen this tendency surface in my own heart. When I operate out of a sense that the truest thing about me is how much I can accomplish for God— then I find that I'm trying to earn a place for myself, always striving to be better, do more, and be good enough for God's kingdom. In that space, I become more focused on what I'm doing instead of what God is doing through me. I become prideful, assuming any success is my own. I become less likely to rest because I'm dependent on my own self for upholding my corner of creation. When operating out of this kind of motivation, I don't bring much glory to God. I've found that my attitude and how I think about my work matters just as much as the actions themselves. And as with everything, God is after our hearts more than just our actions. When God gives a calling for our lives, it's important to realize that our identity is not found in the calling itself but in bringing God glory and who we are as His children. Our heart condition matters deeply in this area. Work is meant to be a gift to us where we partner with what God is doing in the world and bring Him glory for that work. When we operate out of that place of identity in Christ, then others see Christ shining through us and see a glimpse of what God intended work to be 
an avenue to glorify Him. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Romans 5.16 Our good deeds, our work, is supposed to point to God's glory. Not out of a place of obligation, striving, or earning what we have, but out of a place where we know who we are as His children. I need reminded of this almost daily, which is why I've considered getting a tattoo as a reminder. But the reality is that God doesn't just want His truth written on my skin. He wants it written on my heart. Glorifying God through my work should flow from my heart posture first, then from all other areas. The only way that I know how to do this is to find my identity in Christ and not in my career. Just be. Do you feel that you work for God's glory or just another paycheck? Is it difficult to see your career as a blessing? Do you feel burnt out and exhausted? Have you been operating out of a sense of doing? Did you hear echoes of your own heart condition as I shared the struggles in my own? Do you feel depleted from trying to find your identity in your career? If you've answered yes to any of these questions, I would like for you to consider a humble question. Is it possible that you've found at least a portion of your identity in what you do instead of who you are in Christ? I'd like to take a second and invite the Holy Spirit into this moment and let Him guide our thoughts. In a minute, I'd like for you to repeat a prayer with me, not out of a sense of obligation to me, but rather out of an open-hearted place of seeking our identity in who Christ is. The word order and words themselves matter very little, but because there is power in speaking things out, I encourage you to repeat this prayer out loud with me. Holy Spirit, have I found my identity in my work? Whether a small area or a large one, please reveal to me where I have found my identity in what I do instead of who you are. Did you hear, sense, or feel anything? Did you get a picture or a memory? However the Holy Spirit speaks to you, take a moment to listen. If you feel the Holy Spirit nudge you, and if your heart needs realignment in this area too, I encourage you to pray out loud with me this prayer. Heavenly Father, I am sorry for finding my identity in what I do instead of who I am in you. I want to only see myself through your eyes and then work from that place of love and a close relationship with you. Let me seek you first and live out of the overflow of my identity in you. Give me the grace to rest in you. 
and trust that you have everything under your command. Let me find a rhythm of work and rest that establishes your authority in my life. Give me the strength to let go of some of the things I've held on to and trust that you care for each one. Holy Spirit, help me work from an open-hearted place of glorifying your name. Cultivate in me the humility to point to you and give you glory for all that I do. Let me be an arrow that points to your beauty. Thank you for choosing to create through me and for letting me help you in filling your earth with things that glorify your name. Jesus, help me live out of the freedom that my identity is not in my career. Help me latch on to my identity in you and nothing else. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Resources. For our resources today, I have a challenge for us. I have found great benefit in spending just two minutes of silence with the Lord. So that's what I would like to do. Taking time to not do anything and not think about doing things can be difficult, but by allowing ourselves to just be with our Heavenly Father, resting in His love can help us stay connected to the truth that our identity is in who He is, not in what we do for Him. Take the next two minutes to just be with God. Instead of encouraging you to share today's message, we've provided two extra minutes of silence at the end of this chapter. Please take a moment to quiet yourself and to rest and reconnect with Him.